Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham, your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. Today's podcast episode is going to preview the Denver Broncos game upcoming. Game is going to be played at 425 in Denver. Denver's coming off a big win, their first of the season against a bad Chicago Chicago Bears team, but they came back late in that game, won the thing, and they're looking to build on their success. The Jets, on the other hand, they haven't won since week one, or one and three now, coming off a tough loss to the Chiefs. And if they can get this win against the Broncos, go to two and three, get back in the winning column, and build on Zach Wilson's success, they're going to be in a much better spot. Whoever loses this game, it's going to be detrimental to the entire season because the Broncos, frankly, being one and four with the teams that they've played on the season, they are not going to be looking at a playoff picture at all. It's just going to be basically over for them looking towards next year. The Jets, on the other hand, they'll have an opportunity with some easier games down the stretch, but if they can't beat the Broncos after falling short like that to the Chiefs, you know, not pulling off those really close ones that you maybe steal one here or there. If they can't steal one and they also can't beat the teams they should be able to beat, then, frankly, it's probably not going to go too well for them either. Now, that's not to say that the season is completely over for either team if they lose. It's just going to be very difficult to be positive next week for the loser. We're going to preview that Broncos game in this one. We're going to talk about an AFC East check-in as well. I'm going to do a game prediction. I got a what's on tap, and then we're going to get out of here and hope that we go into the weekend fired up and leave as fired up as we went in. I need to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. So moving into this thing, I think it's really important to look at the entire AFC picture, not just the AFC East, because the Jets are one and three right now, which is one of the worst records you can have. There's only two teams that are 0-4. It's the Bears and it's the Panthers. Everybody else has at least one win. Jets are in that mix of one and three teams. But when you look at the AFC side of things, where the Jets are looking for either a division win or a wild card win, there are four teams that are 3-1. and one. That's the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Buffalo Bills, and the Dolphins. No team in the AFC is 4-0. So the very first place team is... Two games ahead of the Jets, maybe two and a half. If you count the Chiefs' win over the Jets, they have the head-to-head. But that's only four teams. One wild-card spot goes to either Buffalo or Miami because they're in the same division. The other two can be division winners. Now you've got 12 other teams in the AFC that are all either 2-2 two and two or 1-3. and three. And right now there's three 2-2 two and two teams that would make the playoffs if the season ended today. The Jets are one game behind that and have a game upcoming against the Broncos that they can win. They can be right in the mix of the playoffs just like that, already having played the Bills, the Cowboys, the Patriots, and Chiefs. Four games that you can't wait to have in your rearview mirror. So the AFC overall is up for grabs. And when you look at the teams that are in that mix, teams like the Titans and Jaguars and Texans and Colts, you're not really scared of that many of them. There's just not that many teams in the AFC that are looking really scary at this point in time. It's the Chiefs look really good. The Bills and Dolphins look really good. And that's really it. Everybody else looks beatable to me. The Jets' best football, hopefully, is ahead of them. Hopefully, we're going to see some of that this week. 
But I'm just feeling really good about the way they finished up that Chiefs game. I wish they came out with the win, but the way that they finished that thing up and the way that we're looking at this AFC, I still think playoffs are absolutely a possibility for this team if the good quarterback play can continue, they can stay healthy, and a couple good balls bounce their way. The AFC East is going to be a little bit harder to win than making a wild card, but it still is in reach as we have beaten the first place team, Buffalo Bills. The Bills are now 3-1. and one. Their only loss coming to the Jets in week one. But the Bills beat up on Miami in Buffalo, 48-20. to 20. So they go to 3-1, and one, first place in the division. The Dolphins are second, now 3-1 and one also from that loss, but they're behind the Bills for the tiebreaker. The Patriots got smoked by the Cowboys 38-3. 38-3. And they fall to 1-3. The Jets, for comparison, played the Cowboys with Trevon Diggs in the lineup for the Cowboys and lost 10-30. Patriots lost 3-38. Much worse, much more embarrassing. Horrible game for Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, the whole lot of Patriots. They look like one of the worst teams in the league, and they performed like it last week. The Jets played a good team in the Chiefs. Came up just short, lose 20 to 23. They're one and three on the season as well. This upcoming week, the Bills are going to play the two and two Jaguars in London, 9:30 a.m. on NFL Network. So that's an interesting game where like the AFC South is basically up for grabs right now between the Colts, Texans, Titans, and Jags. Perhaps the Jaguars are the team that are destined to win that division because they have, you know, the good young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence compared to the other teams that are just kind of trying to figure things out. And if the Jaguars take the division, maybe they can beat the Bills. That'd be huge for us. When you look at the Dolphins game, they're going to be playing 1 p.m. against the Giants in Miami. So that is looking like a nice get-right game for the Dolphins, who will probably put up huge numbers against the Giants playing at home. The Giants' Daniel Jones just got sacked 11 times on Monday Night Football, played absolutely horribly. In that game, we need... Saquon Barkley to be in the lineup. We need Daniel Jones to take it personally. We need that offense to start humming for the first time. We need some lucky balls, and we need them to hit Tua Tungavailoa as much as possible to make them uncomfortable and slow that offense down as much as possible. The Dolphins probably will win that game. And you've got the Stinky Patriots. They're going to be playing the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr was banged up this past weekend and didn't look good. The Saints team didn't look good this last weekend. If the Patriots somehow lose that game to a banged-up Saints team that's 2-2 two and two and kind of struggling to find their way right now, the Patriots season will be in absolute freefall. And it'll be like, are they now tanking for a quarterback? Because they can't get anything done aside from a really ugly 15-10 to 10 win over the Jets one time. So that's going to be really fun to see if the Saints can pull that one off and just really get a lot of negativity going in New England. Let's get those fans cheering for a Bill Belichick retirement or firing even better. Let's get them wishing that they had new quarterbacks, demanding the world, pitchforks, torches, grab them. That's what we want to see, an absolute implosion from the Patriots that is potentially catastrophic to the point of no return this year, maybe even bleeding into next year if we're lucky. Then the most important AFC matchup this week is the Jets playing Denver in Denver for 25. The Broncos are 1-3, and three, and lots is going to change in the AFC this weekend when you look at those matchups and these teams that have two wins and they're in the playoff picture. And then you look at the teams that are maybe one win or three wins. Like it's still so early in the season and the, the sample size for these teams is so small. The matchups are so specific. You may have had a really hard or easy schedule thus far, or you've played teams that were injured or vice versa. So a lot is going to change this weekend, next weekend, you know, 
once you get to week seven, eight, nine, you start to kind of see where teams are and who's in the mix. But right now, it's all up for grabs. And the records in the AFC specifically show that it is absolutely up for grabs. So that is the AFC and AFC East check-in. Before we do our Broncos preview, we do have to take a quick pit stop at the cooler for a little what's on tap. That is right, folks. This is what's on tap. And today, I am drinking a New England IPA called Cloudscape by New Park Brewing out of West Hartford, Connecticut. West Hartford is right by my house. It's a really nice brewery, and they have really nice beers. And you can't typically find them at package stores. But the Jets were playing the Patriots, and I wanted to get a bunch of New England IPAs for the game since we're playing New England. And I was kind of talking to the guy working at the package store in my neighborhood and, uh, asking about some New England IPAs and which ones he recommended and this and that. And after I bought like, you know, three, four packs total, you know, I'm at like $90 for 16 beers right now. And the guy looks at me and he's like, you really like your uh, New England IPAs, huh? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, got something special for you in the back. If you want some cloudscape, I'm like, is it 2018 again? There's like secret beers hidden in the back by these guys. And he's coming out with some cloudscape. I didn't ask how expensive it was. I didn't care. I was getting something that other people couldn't have, so I had to have it. I have had the beer before at the brewery, never out of a can. And frankly, it's not my favorite. It's a little sweet, but it's got a really beautiful can. And uh, yeah, I like it. You know, Honestly, I drank it the first time cold, and I was like, eh, it's all right. I'm drinking it now, and it's kind of warming up next to the uh, computer setup and podcast equipment. It's actually a little bit better warm, believe it or not. It's one of those beers that would be really good in like a poured into a glass, drank outside on a summer day. I think it'd be really nice on that occasion. But it is a India Pale Ale, 16 ounce can. It's got some watercolor sort of sunset pictures on the can, and it's a uh, it's one of their staples over there at New Park Brewing in West Hartford, Cloudscape. Really, just good because of the exclusivity and the speakeasy sort of experience that I had. That is this week's What's on Tap. Now, before we get to the Broncos preview, we do have to take a quick commercial break. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life. We're going to do our Broncos preview for this podcast, looking at week five upcoming. The Jets need a win bad, and Zach Wilson needs to build on his good game against the Chiefs very badly. One game, as my dad said in his father time last week or, or last episode, is just a glimpse and a glimmer, and that doesn't help us any. But a couple games strung together, now you're talking about a little bit of consistency, kind of a streak, kind of a body of work. That's what we're looking for. That's what Zach Wilson needs to do. And there is no better team in the entire league to do it against than the Denver Broncos, at least not in the AFC. The Denver Broncos are 1-3. and three. Week 1, they were home against the Raiders. They lost 16-17. to 17. Some unlucky field goal kicking, sure, but they lose to a pretty bad Raiders team at home in Week 1. In Week 2, they play home again, this time against the Commanders, another bad team, Sam Howell, not a really potent offense over there. The Broncos lose 33-35, to giving up a lot of points. Week 3, they go down to Miami, they lose that game 20-70. to One of the biggest blowouts we'll ever see. Obviously, it inflates some of the stats that we're going to talk about upcoming, but that was a horrible loss and just proves that a team with a really potent offense can do no wrong against the Broncos. Then, against Chicago, probably the worst team in the league. They've already gotten rid of a defensive coordinator. People are talking about if 
The offense can run with Justin Fields. The sky is falling over there in Chicago. They're tracked right now to have the first and second overall pick pick in the 2024 draft, which is nuts because of the draft that, or the trade that they made with the Panthers for DJ Moore. And I digress. The Bears stink. The Bears were up against the Broncos seven or twenty-eight to seven, and the Broncos were able to cut the score to fourteen to twenty-eight. Sean Payton goes out there, cuts his sleeves off, brings him some good luck. They end up winning the game 31-28. to The Bears are one of two teams in the whole league that are 0-4. The other team is the Panthers and have been going back and forth between Bryce Young, a rookie quarterback, and backup quarterbacks over there. The Bears stink. The Broncos had trouble, but the Broncos pulled out the win. We need to find a way to do what the Bears couldn't do and finish that team off Get some redemption against Sean Payton, who apparently thinks the Jets are a joke and a laughingstock, even though he's coaching one of the worst coached teams in the entire league, one of the worst coached teams that we've seen, and he tried to make it seem like Nathaniel Hackett did some irreversible damage, but it looks to me, honestly, like Sean Payton made that team even worse. I don't know why they gave up picks for him. I don't know why he thinks he needs to talk about the New York Jets or other things. He talks frequently about how he needs to get Russell Wilson to stop talking about kissing babies and focusing on the wrong stuff. Meanwhile, he focuses all the time on the wrong stuff. He's a hypocrite. Frankly, it looks like he's a moron who was coasting behind Drew Brees, and I can't wait to crush him. When you look at their defense, they have been obliterated all season long. Their rush defense is the worst in the league. They've given up 704 yards, 7 touchdowns, and 5.6 yards per rush. Woof. There was like 300 rushing yards given up to Miami, but even take that game out, It's been porous run defense, and Bryce Hall and Dalvin Cook will absolutely look to get right in this game. Okay, so you can run on this team, but what about passing? Yeah, they've given up the second most yards in the league as well. 1,132 passing yards allowed. The only team with more given up is the Chargers. The Broncos have given up the most touchdowns passing, 13 of them. The next most in the league is the Bears with 10. And I get there's a big outlier game in the Miami Dolphins, but the Broncos haven't looked good on defense in any game this year. So the defense for the Broncos has been struggling mightily. They have been missing their second-best defensive player in Justin Simmons, a safety for the last couple games. He's practicing now. I believe he may be able to play against the Jets this week, which would change things for their defense because he absolutely is an X-factor game-changer. Patrick Sertan, probably their best cornerback out there, but Justin Simmons is close to as good, and he changes things for that defense. Not having him is a big loss. Part of the reason they struggled so much. We'll see what happens with his health upcoming in this week. But the other side of the ball, the offense, that's where the Broncos feel, at least at this point, a little bit more comfortable. Russell Wilson is by no means one of the best quarterbacks in the league that the Broncos thought they were getting. But he also isn't the most useless, pathetic quarterback in the league like we've seen Zach Wilson play like before, honestly. The Broncos are 10th in the league in passing yards. They're usually playing from behind, so that definitely gets inflated a little bit. They're 20th in the league in rushing. They just lost Javante Williams to, like, a hip injury, so we'll see what his status is for the Jets game upcoming. Otherwise, it's going to be Samaje Piran, and I think his name is McLaughlin, um, Jaleel McLaughlin, or, or something of that nature. He's a smaller guy who's pretty quick. But Samaje Piran and that young kid is not going to be a super dangerous rushing attack. you got to look at the Broncos' offense. Russell Wilson can move on his feet, but has been more uncomfortable playing in Denver than he ever was in Seattle. They do have some pretty good weapons 
on the Broncos, they've got Jerry Judy and they've got Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton is one of the better receivers that doesn't get enough credit in the league. And then they've got this young kid, Marvin Mims, who's been making big plays. He's only got nine catches on the season, but it's almost 250 yards worth. He's making big plays like 50-yard bombs down the field. Got to make sure that he doesn't sneak down. If we can keep him from taking the top off the defense, it really comes down to a Jerry Judy, a Cortland Sutton. They've been playing a little bit of Brandon Johnson here and there, who's not a huge threat. Their tight end, Adam Troutman, is solid, but nothing too crazy. Again, this offense, it's like they worked on their offensive line. They added Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey. Pretty big contracts for those two guys to a team that already had Quinn Miners, Lloyd Cushenberry, and Garrett Bowles. They bring in Cam Fleming to be a backup tackle, who's a decent player there. And uh, they feel better about their offensive line. But they still don't have the juice from Russell Wilson that he used to have. They still are missing some guys behind the... Cortland Sutton, occasional Jerry Judy if he plays and catches the ball. And uh, without Javante Williams, it's just not that threatening of an offense, but it certainly has been playing better than their defense. I think when you look at this matchup, it really comes down to, can Zach Wilson play better against the Broncos' defense than Russell Wilson against the Jets? Russell Wilson is absolutely the better quarterback, but the Jets' defense is absolutely the better defensive unit. If you ask Vegas, right now they would tell you that the Broncos are two-point favorites playing at home. Typically, you get one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half points playing at home. They basically are seeing this game as an even split, maybe slightly favoring the Broncos, which I think is interesting because I think the Jets are definitely a better team with more in the tank than the Broncos. But I think what Vegas realizes is that this Jets team, specifically the offense, is so capable of dropping an egg so bad and so ugly. Like, it is very possible that Zach Wilson comes out and throws 45% completion, three interceptions, and 110 total yards. I mean, that scenario has happened plenty of times. There is no reason to think that playing the Chiefs will mean that he will play really well like that against the Broncos. But there's hope in the Jets fans. And if we can do that and come out and play like we did against the Chiefs, the Jets will win this game. The defense will play really well. The offense will move the ball down the field and will score. Brees Hall, we're looking for a big game from him. Dalvin Cook, his coming out party, I'm seeing plus 50 yards from both of those guys. And I'm seeing a Jets win. But it's going to take Zach Wilson not having a catastrophic meltdown. And if that happens and the Jets go to 1-4 and four and lose to a bad Broncos team and Zach Wilson looks bad, it will truly have been a glimmer against the Chiefs and it'll be people jumping out of windows in Jets Nation all over again just like we were at a week and a half ago. We were able to quiet the noise just for a little bit, give ourselves a chance to breathe and look at this Broncos game by playing really well on Sunday Night Football, something that nobody expected to happen. But now we got to keep it going because it goes right back to where it was and avalanche the second the Jets lose this game. They have to pull it off. They have to win it. One of the most important games they've played in a long time. Not because of playoff implications, but because of what the hell is going to happen to this team if they lose it. That's a lot of pressure. Playing in Denver, altitude, traveling. It's not as easy easy a task as I think we'd all like it to be. But this is a team that if the Jets are going to make any sort of noise and splashes this year, they'll beat. So, lots on the line. I will be very excited for this one. And I'll be back next week to talk about it.
We'll be doing our Tuesday podcast, breaking down this game, and then uh, I'm expecting to do a Thursday morning preview of the Eagles upcoming after that. That's next week's schedule. If you wanted to hear the Chiefs review, that came out on Tuesday night. So that's all I got. Thank you for joining me on this Denver Broncos preview. I'm Dan Burnham, and this is The Jet Life. (laughs) 